Hello. Welcome to Public Affairs and WRBH. I'm Lynn Koppel, and today we're going to talk about a very difficult subject, but with someone who is trying to get us out of this difficult position, Michelle Hamrick, who is the executive director of Bridge House slash Grace House, two organizations you may be familiar with, and I just asked Ms. Hamrick, how long has Grace House or Bridge House been around? So last year, we celebrated our 60th anniversary. Bridge House was founded in 1957, mm. and Grace House was founded in 1985. But Bridge House and Grace House merged after Hurricane Katrina, and now um, we're one organization. Bridge House provides long-term residential substance abuse treatment to men, and Grace House provides long-term residential substance abuse treatment to women. We are a gender-specific program. So um, the men are at 1160 Earhart Boulevard, and we have 84 treatment beds for men. And then we have 70 treatment beds for women at two treatment sites. Um, We have one treatment site on Delatay Street uptown and another on Camp Street. Well, you know, when you say treatment centers, I know you're a social worker. Explain what the program is. Let's say someone has a problem. Can it be with anything, with drugs or alcohol? It can be with alcohol, drugs. Um, right now, we're seeing opiates mm-hmm. are our number one drug of choice, with heroin mm-hmm. being the number one opioid that individuals abuse. But right behind opioids is alcohol. Al- <laughs> we see a lot of people um, who are, have alcohol use disorders, and then we treat all drug addictions. So mm-hmm. um, meth. Amphetamine is not one of the number one drugs of choice we see, but we do see that occasionally. Also, cocaine, Mm -hmm. crack cocaine. But um, the country right now is facing an opioid epidemic, and um, we are definitely seeing that in the greater New Orleans area. Well, you know, that's big on television now. Uh, All of us should be aware of that because it's constantly being covered. Uh, And you say in New Orleans, that's where do people get opioids. Now, I know, and you know, but let's make our listeners know, too. From talking to the individuals we serve, you hear the same story over and over again. Many individuals will be in a car accident, or they'll have a dental procedure, they'll have some um, a fall, and um, they may have a surgery, and their doctor prescribes opioids. Well, um, they are very extremely addictive, And some individuals are genetically predisposed to specific types of addiction. And um, some individuals become immediately addicted. And once they can't no longer get opioids from a physician, then individuals often go to the street to buy them on the street. And um, often they'll buy opioids on the street. And then generally the path um, is that eventually um, individuals start using heroin. Good heroin is very inexpensive on the street. <laughs> a, a real bargain. Uh, tell me, do they inject heroin? I mean, to me, that seems so creepy, but I'm not certainly, you know, not particularly attracted to drugs. So there's actually been three opioid epidemics. One was after the Civil War. Then there was another opioid epidemic in the 1970s. Mm. And I think and that was when people would think of people in, in on the streets, living on the streets sure. and homeless, and that was primary, primarily injectable um, heroin, IV. 
But now the heroin that's on the street, um, individuals actually um, can snort it. But many people, once they start snorting it, that's a gateway to um, injecting it. So most individuals end up using heroin IV because you get a quicker high that way. Oh, goodness. Well, but you treat all stages of this. So anyone who has a problem or, well, at what point does a person say, contact Bridge House or uh, Grace House? So if anybody has a problem with alcohol or drugs, we really encourage them to reach out to us. Mm -hmm. Most of the individuals we serve have really lost everything to alcoholism or drug use. Um, By the time they reach us, they... They're, they've lost their family support. They have no job. Mm-hmm. They have no housing. Um, the drug or the alcohol is literally controlling their life. Oh, um, many of the clients we serve also have tried outpatient treatment. They've tried short-term 28-day programs. They've had multiple treatment attempts, and it hasn't worked. So when they come to us, we're a six- to eight-month program. So we really work at rebuilding their life. We not only provide the substance abuse counseling and introduce them to the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous. Mm -hmm. But also we have a vocational program where we teach job skills, um, resume writing, um, and really focus on um, building that aspect because many of the individuals we serve have never had a job or have Mm -hmm. never been able to keep a job. And then towards the end of our program, we really work with people to help them find housing. You know, that's so important because, as you say, it's not just the drug that once you're in it, you you lose everything. And where do you go from there? How do you pull back out? And I guess you finding a job would be step one and finding a house or a place to live would be step two, because many of these people really have become, shall we say, divorced from their families and it that's just not you're not going to move back into mom's basement right we work to rebuild those relationships good we work to rebuild families and um you know it's very difficult for the family members because often the person abusing alcohol or using heroin or other opioids they've stolen from family members there's many broken promises so it takes a lot to repair those relationships and that's a big focus of the therapy Um, And we really believe, too, that long-term treatment is what individuals need. If you put somebody into a 28-day inpatient program, but they have no housing, no job, um, no social support system, and then they're discharged onto the streets, you're really not helping them because they don't have the resources to stay clean and sober. Well, the resources to stay uh, on top of the, you know, above the ground, what do they, what do people do? I guess that's it. So really what you have is a complete service. What is the treatment based on? Uh, Our treatment program is based on the 12 steps mm-hmm. of Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous. So our individuals, um, they do go to daily meetings, um, either AA meetings or Narcotics mm-hmm. Anonymous meetings. There's also Heroin Anonymous meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also gender-specific treatment because we truly believe that men and women do have different issues. Mm. So um, the men are at Bridge House and the women are at Grace House, and they do not intermingle. Um, we have group therapy and individual therapy. Um, there's um, a lot of trauma counseling because many of our clients have been through very, very traumatic yes. events. 
um, relapse prevention counseling, um, psychoeducation, a lot of education about um, medical conditions that can often be caused by IV drug use. Mm. So um, it's a very, very intensive program. And when individuals first come into treatment, they are in group therapy all day. Whoa. It's a very highly structured program. You know, how do you finance this? I, it seems to me that that would be a very expensive, the reason people, I suppose, don't go or have residential programs, and you're not one of these things that advertise on television that look like a spa. Uh, how is Bridge House financed? So Bridge we, House, Grace House. Bridge House, Grace House, we treat people regardless of ability to pay. Mm-hmm. So most of the people that come to us cannot pay for yes. treatment. That they're, They can't. Um. In the last couple of years, we have had Medicaid expansion, which has helped. So um, individuals with Medicaid can come to treatment at Bridge House, Grace House, and um, we can bill Medicaid for treatment. But Medicaid will only pay for a short term of treatment. Mm-hmm. They may pay for three to four months of the treatment program, and our treatment program is six to eight months. Yeah. So the uh, the way we finance um, the long-term portion of our treatment program is through our two thrift stores and our used car lot. We bring revenue in that supports the treatment programs. We also have numerous fundraisers throughout the year, and um, we have a fund development department, and many generous individuals from the community um, donate to Bridge House Grace House. Well, you know, let's give the addresses... <laughs> of all of this, because there might be people out there who do have objects that would be worth reselling, cars, for instance, that you you don't know what you're going to do with. Do you all take boats as we well? We do take boats. Oh, okay. So, well, so we take cars, we take boats, we take trucks, we take vans. Um, and do you all pick them up? Uh, and, we, we pick them up. So um, donations to the used car lot. We have tow trucks, and we oh. will um, come to your house and pick your car, truck, or boat up. We will um, also, you could call our thrift store, and we um, will pick up items for the thrift stores. And it's we really want everybody to know anything you donate to the thrift store or the used car lot, those funds are going to help people stay in long-term treatment. You know, you are, you're allowing somebody to be treated for alcoholism or drug abuse. Do you want to give the addresses of the thrift shop or the telephone numbers of of both? And we'll do that at the end, or would you prefer to wait and do it at the end? So we have, one of our, our bridge house is our treatment facility, and that's at 4150 Earhart Boulevard. Okay. And that's where we have 84 men live at bridge house and receive treatment there. And directly across the street from Bridge House um, on Earhart Boulevard is our thrift store and used car lot. And then we have another thrift store on Airline Highway. Okay, so it's convenient whether you're listening in Orleans or Jefferson Parish. And uh, I think that, you know, that is important to think of Bridge House as a place to donate because it does such worthwhile things. And it's trying its best to, to get to solve some of these horrible problems. You know, one of the scary things that you were talking to me about a few minutes ago is the fact that maybe some of the the population has changed with drugs, that you have a younger, more middle-class population that has fallen into this horrible pit, uh, whereas we think of 
many of us, alas, this is so on PC, but you think of, oh, you know, those people living out on the street and they never were any good and now now they're druggies. But we were talking about something even more terrifying. Exactly. I think in the 1970s when they had the heroin epidemic, people thought of people living in the streets. Um, or or musicians, people, arty people using drugs for one reason or another. And that no has more. all changed. Now we are seeing a middle-class population and a younger population. Terrifying. Um, I mean, we're seeing people as young as 18, 20 years old who are addicted to heroin. Mm. And it started with prescription drug abuse. And then sometimes you will see pe- people who come in and they literally started with heroin. You know, I've heard the stories and um, they'll say they were out drinking one day and somebody said, would you like to try heroin? And oh, they yeah. did. But it's it's very addictive. And um, tell us how, let's say one has a family member who is obviously having problems. And I, I can imagine that it's very hard. Is it very hard to convince somebody, you know, you have a real problem with this and you've lost your house, your marriage has broken up, what are you going to do? How do you get people into the program? Can a, someone, a love, someone who loves the person suggest it, or, yes. but the person has to do it themselves? So family members can call, and we okay. receive a lot of calls I from family members and loved ones, people that care about somebody, trying to get them into treatment, and we always help. The ideal scenario and where we see the most success is when the individual is actually oh, well, calling yes. and um, asking for treatment because that shows that they're motivated for treatment. And um, those are the people that do the best in the treatment program. But we also have court-mandated clients, and the research does show that court-mandated oh. clients um, do just as well in treatment as individuals that start treatment on their own. Do you think that's because you suddenly realize this is really serious, and not only can I, if I have to go someplace for a bunch of months, I don't want it to be parish prison or, you know, some other horrible place. Right. So we believe addiction is a disease, Mm -hmm. and we'd much rather see individuals in treatment receiving help for their addiction rather than jail. So it is a big wake-up call to many people when they're given that choice from a judge. You can go to residential substance abuse treatment, or I'm going to put you in jail. Yeah, and you don't have a criminal record, so therefore if you were... God forbid, a lawyer or, you know, someone who even, let's say, owned a restaurant, you can't get a liquor license if you have a conviction for something like drug possession or drug sales. Exactly. Can you? So, uh, but we do yeah. have a lot of individuals who do have criminal records, and mm-hmm. um, we work with the court system. So a lot of our clients have to go back to court dates and meet sure. with the judge or their probation officer. So um, our counselors, our social workers, um, work really well at keeping um, the judicial system um, in the loop as to what's going on with that person's treatment. Well, that probably helps both because the person has someone who is confident and knows what's going on to help them through a very difficult time. And it helps the legal system because, you know, they can see maybe this person is not a, a criminal and shouldn't be in jail. Maybe 
you know, it's better for them to be in a place where they're going to get some help. And you're seeing that more and more because Jefferson Parish, mm-hmm. Orleans Parish, yes. they do have drug courts. So they are really working mm-hmm. with individuals in the drug court. Um, and some of the drug courts have their own treatment programs, but we get referrals from drug courts for the more severe cases where we'll work with the drug court um, to help the individual. Well, you know, it, it to me, it just seems like such a vital thing. How, when we've talked about thrift stores and we've talked about donating cars and things, are there ways that people could just give money to well, Bridge definitely. House? Um, and many people in our community do. They make donations to Bridge House, Grace mm-hmm. House, and obviously that's something that is very welcome. I mean, we've been blessed that the community supports the work mm-hmm. we do, and that allows us to provide treatment to individuals who otherwise would not have this treatment option. Yeah. How would one go about doing that? Just call you all? So you could call, our number is 504-522-4475. Our director of development, his name is Kevin Gardere, and um, he handles all major donations. Mm-hmm. Um, and when, you could call the number and ask for the development department, or you could ask for Kevin Gardere. Um, and we greatly appreciate any any donation yeah. of any type, no matter how small or large. And what kinds of fundraising things do you do? I know you said you didn't have the dates right on hand, but just tell us what kinds of things we should look out for in the community. So we have our Kushan Cotillion, which is coming up in <laughs> April. Okay. And Betsy Gamble is the queen, and Bill Memelis is the king of the Kushan Cotillion. <laughs> it's a mock carnival ball. It's fabulous. Mm-hmm. And this year the theme is the 300th anniversary okay. of the city of New Orleans. So individuals are going to dress according to the theme and costume. Mm-hmm. And that's a fabulous event. It's one of our largest um, fundraisers um, at Blaine Kern Mardi Gras World. And anybody interested can go on our website, www. Bridge, dot bridgehouse.org, and there's information about the Kushan Cotillion. Um, and then in May, our next fundraiser is the um, Women of Substance Luncheon, where we mm-hmm. honor local women in the community um, who are role models for the individuals that we serve at Bridge House and Grace House. Okay, so we do, and these these are things that people, just individuals, could go to, or you could get a group to to go yes, with yes. you and you do can it. call um, and through our development department, you can purchase tickets um, on the phone. But you could also, um, people can go online and buy tickets. Too. Sure, or a, a table if you exactly. have a group of people that would like to come. Yeah, this is a wonderful way to give money to something that's really very local. This this is local. You all aren't connected into any network nationwide. No, or anything we're like a that. private nonprofit. Yeah. Um, so we're local in New Orleans. We do get referrals from throughout throughout the state of Louisiana, and we've actually sometimes get calls from out of state. Residential substance abuse treatment, especially long term treatment, um, you don't see many programs around the country because um, Medicaid or private insurance does not pay for long term treatment. Mm. So. Um, Long-term treatment's almost becoming a dinosaur. There aren't many long-term programs. Oh, that's a shame. It is. It is. And um, I've visited treatment programs around the country, and many of them at one point in time were long-term, but because of funding, they aren't able to remain long-term programs. So now there might be 28 days to three months. Mm. So, you know, we've been able to keep our six- to eight-month model by... um, raising funds and through our own private initiatives. 
Well, good for New Orleans. I mean, that as you say, Bridge House has been around a long time, as has Grace House. I mean, both of these places seem to do a tremendous service in something that I imagine is a very important problem in New Orleans. And it is, it's local. And you're local. Everybody's local. It's not some money-making, you know, thing. It's uh, something that peop- that serves people in New Orleans. Yes. And I mean, substance abuse is just such a problem right now. And um, we're doing all we can with the opioid epidemic to use best practices um, in treating individuals with opioid use disorder. Um Right now, some of the best practices are medication-assisted treatment, so we are incorporating that into our treatment model. Um, And many of these medications help individuals Mm -hmm. with cravings um, for their drug of choice. Mm -hmm. So we are always trying to stay on top of, um, you know, what the best treatment protocols are so we can provide our clients with the best treatment possible. So you all employ social workers and doctors and, I suppose, We have a medical director. um, Our counseling staff mainly consists of master's-level counselors and um, master's-level social workers. And we have a pretty large treatment staff since we have three treatment sites. And we have 154 treatment beds between the three sites. So um, we are treating a lot of individuals. Last year, we had over 800 individuals come through Bridge House and Grace House. That's almost the size of a small hospital, like a community hospital in a smaller town. So... You know, that's that's pretty unusual. And I guess the long-term aspect of it to me is so important because it's changing the way the person lives. It's not you it's, you it's, stop and you go out on the street and you what's the first thing you do is you get right. more drugs. We're really teaching life skills, mm-hmm. how to live, um, also, many people come to us with so many medical problems. They've just through their while they're in their active addiction, they just ignore their body. Oh dear! And um, we help set them up with the dentist. We have um, a great relationship with Tulane Medical School, and we um, for the residents that we serve, mm-hmm. we have a clinic um, with Tulane Medical School at Grace House and one at Bridge House once a week, where clients can get histories and physicals, oh, TB tests. Um, we test for hepatitis C, we do HIV testing, mm. and this is all for the residents that we serve. Well, you know, that's another thing. Is You're right, if you've been living on the street or you've been drugged or drunk for so long, you have ignored your health and might have some sort of a serious problem that you're not going to catch unless somebody looks at you very closely and for a long and make sure that you take your pills during a long period of time. You know, do y'all, one of the things that disturbs me too, and of course, you know, I'm referencing things that have been happening in the news, um, people with mental problems who might also have drug problems, um, I guess you have someone, in other words, that would be a So we wake do up too. treat people with co-occurring disorders. Yeah. Um, substance every, su- Everyone needs to have a substance abuse problem because we sure. are a substance abuse sure, treatment facility. Course. But 40% of the individuals we serve do have a co-occurring disorder. Oh, goodness. So we treat individuals with depression, anxiety disorders, bipolar, bipolar probably, disorder. Yeah. Um, and we do have psychiatrists that we work with mm-hmm. um, on site that um, our clients can see. So um, we realize that we need to treat the whole person and all the issues that are going on, whether they be medical, psychiatric, 
um, and the substance abuse issues. When s- someone comes to you, they certainly don't bring their medical records. So you no, all have we, to start from scratch, I imagine. So often, um, many clients that come to us are coming from a hospital, though. Oh, that's true. And they or might come from, from the detox. Courts. Yeah. So we do try to get all the records that we can. We get them to sign a release of information. And um, we try to access as much of their medical history as we can because that really helps us of get course. a full picture of them and helps us provide better treatment for what them. What they need. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, this is so... I say wonderful because it is a service, and I hope people are listening and look what time it is. Let's give the basics. How can a person, if you if a person has the problem, if you have someone you love who has this problem, what are you going to do? All you have to do is pick up the phone and call 504-522-4475 and ask for our intake department, which is our admissions department. And then... Um, they will start the process of helping you. And if you're looking for another resource, they can also maybe give you a referral. Okay. But if you please, if you have some if you're suffering with an addiction or if you know someone that is, you can always call us. And um, individuals that have access to the internet can also go online to www.bridgehouse.org and um, there you can also access our services through the website. There's a link there. And remember, this is males and females, in other words, so don't, and young people. Ages 18 and older. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, 18, that's, I consider that very young. Well, you know, it's so important for people to get help and to start the process. Do you all have a waiting list? I hate to think about that. We often have a waiting list, but um, actually right now for females, we do have some female beds. Our waiting list for men tends to be longer, but I always tell people, don't worry about the waiting list because you never know when somebody's going to complete our program. Or sometimes, you know, we're a voluntary program. Somebody might leave and a bed opens up. Sure. So um, we do our best when we have people wanting a bed and really in need to get them into treatment. So the the point is, get started and get started as soon as the problem hits. Well, you know, thank you so very much for coming on, and thank you so very much for what you all do. I know your father before you did this at Bridge House, and now you're continuing the thing. Michelle Hambrick, thank you. Rick, did I say that right? Yes, yes. Um, Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Well, I hope you keep in touch with us, and we'll have some of your information here. So if you hear it, on public affairs, you can always call WRBH too and get. They'll tell you what we had, and but keep in touch with us. Okay, thank, thank you. you so much. Thank